But you said imagining. I want people to stop doing that because you were imagining and you were manifesting. But there has to be grind behind that manifestation. And that's what people are sitting back. And like I have so many people that ask me to mentor them and they have this, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. But I well, say I nothing, was, nothing changes if nothing changes, yes, right? Yes, I, I would say I started with imagining, but I yeah. was converting that yeah. into action. Of course. So that's the pain method is you start with this passion, you mm-hmm. can imagine, you you start, it feels good. Yeah. And then it doesn't feel good to actually put action. But when you start converting that action, you start bringing it to life and the mm-hmm. discipline, the education, whatever it is that you need, that's, you, it, it starts to become real with that action. Welcome back, hopefully, to the Paint Method podcast. I am David Garibaldi, and today you got to strap in for this one. Uh, I don't, I haven't had a conversation like this in a while because uh, I talked to, to me, one of the most inspiring people in my life. Uh, not only is she a, a, a world champion in the fitness world, she's she's a world champion mother. Uh, she's a leader. She's I think we gave her the the title transformer and she also talks to us about uh being the person your dog thinks you are is that right was that was that right yeah be the person you think your dog thinks you are <laughs> oh oh uh, i think we definitely we we definitely had a good laugh uh definitely had a little bit of a a cry together too so mm-hmm. strap in for this uh and please meet Chadi Dunmore, and happy to say the love of my life. Let's go. We are all on our paint journey, but where are we now? And where do we go next? This is how passion, action, intent, new, teach. This is The Paint Method. Yeah, there's so much to talk about. So um, we did your intro, but... For people that you may or may not know, mm-hmm. I'm lucky to call you my girlfriend, mm-hmm. love of my life, mm-hmm. many other things. But you, there's, you have such a colorful life. And I think that now on social media, people only see this sliver of like <laughs> the whole color wheel of your life. Yeah. It's funny because people think that they know everything just because... They think you post everything on social media, but you and I both know we post what we want to post. Yeah, yeah. And but even even then, I mean, you're still even though you're choosing what you share, yeah. You still share a lot. Oh, I'm very transparent. Yeah. A lot. I'm transparent enough to like respect the people I love. <laughs> <laughs> so when we joke around about this all the time, but she'll you'll put she'll like you're not here. You'll put like this fire post about like moving on and like know when to walk away and i'm like wait if someone reads this they'll, they'll think it's about me so i go on there and i'm just commenting love you babe great post i'll see you at dinner <laughs> a lot of it's journal um, posts that i just am sharing or i talk to a lot of um, friends or people on social media who reach out to me about relationships and i'm i give them really good advice because I know I had to I wish I listened to my own advice back then it took me to fall on my face a lot but I am thinking someone else needs to hear this and so I'll make it a post yeah so you share a lot you know these are you know 
introspective thoughts that you've mm -hmm. written down or typed, mm -hmm. sharing them now. And we'll, we'll get more into your past, like what led up to this, but was there a certain point where you decided, I'm going to start sharing these thoughts that I have or these introspective thoughts that I write down? Was, was there a moment or did that just kind of start happening? Definitely just started kind of happening. I, I had definitely been blessed to have been given a great platform in the social media world, starting out as a fitness bikini champion. Um, and then it transpired to me revealing so much about my personal life and people seeing that. Um, and that kind of led me to just realizing that my platform is so much more than just a bikini title. Mine too. <laughs> Mine too. I, I can relate. And I realized that I have more power and being transparent and being a voice to mental health and just people who go through life. And the gym is just kind of my therapy and has been my therapy along with like, you know, obviously a therapist. But um, yeah, it's so much deeper than just what people see. Yeah. So even though you introduce yourself to the world through, uh, you know, this fitness world, which we'll get into. Mm -hmm. And even though on social media, it's it basically exploded because of your beauty and transparency. You know, the, the connection that you've made with people are like beyond the beauty. It's 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 honestly inspiring to watch and see. But you're right. It's there was this whole life before. Mm -hmm. And so I always joke around about this, <laughs> but I say that there's two chotties. Yes. There's the one that was introduced to people on social media, the <laughs> the go getting fitness, you know, inspiring leader, mm -hmm. transformer. Yeah. <laughs> but the girl is a New Yorican. Yes. To the core. Yes. And I think that's actually what made me fall more in love with you was, mm -hmm. you know, who you really are. So you, you were born in New York. Mm -hmm. What was that like growing up in New York City? Like how much did that lend to just who you are? Oh, I definitely know now I do not like the cold. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the first thing that I learned from living in New York. Do not want to live here in the winter. I know. I I love New York. It definitely reminds me of my culture. Most importantly, I think it reminds me more of my culture more than Miami because I was raised in Miami. But New York is just you know, it's my stomping grounds. It's just basically, I'm. I feel like I am who I am because of like the rawness that that my that New York is all about. People are very upfront and people don't sugarcoat things. And I, I appreciate people like that, even though it may come off rude. I just rather have someone be no smokes and mirrors than just, you know. Yeah, I don't think I really appreciate that about people in my life yeah. until you were just like black and white about everything. Yes. Yeah. Always. <laughs> and so, you know, you don't know if you enjoy something until you experience it. Yeah. And I experienced that and I was like a little uncomfortable. I'm like. But she's telling me the truth. Yes. And I need to hear this right yeah. now. That's yeah. how it felt. Was that just the, obviously it's, it is a New York thing to just keep it 100. Mm -hmm. Was your family that, that way as well? Always. Just your, you know, tell us about your, just your family in general. Cause you have a lot of family. Yeah, I have a big family. So obviously I was born in Brooklyn and I mostly, I moved to Miami, Florida in 86 when the Mets won the world series. And I um, have a strong family that 
just their value is just very upfront. <laughs> no sugar coating. Everything from hair to toe. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what color your hair yes. is that month. Yeah. And then also too, but they're the most supportive family that I I know I I say that I've ever have had, but it's only because you know, sometimes people have fam friends that are super supportive. My, I'm really blessed that my family's so supportive. Um, but I know people grow up differently and I'm not who I am if it wasn't for my family because I've been able to rebuild my life so many different times because I'm like, oh, starting all over again. Here I go with my family. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean. So is, do you think that's where you started learning life lessons? And yes. do you remember like it started in New York? Or you came to Miami? Mm, that's a great question. <laughs> um, I would say I remember a lot of New York, but I was really young. I moved to Florida when I was like in third or fourth grade. And I remember my family culture, mostly in Miami. Um, we would go back to New York a lot, but mostly Miami. I would just, I never thought I got out of New York. That's the thing. Really? Do you, are you still in New York right now? Mentally? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just like a New York with palm trees. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and but, right now we're in like Sacramento. It's going to yeah. be uh, There's New no York palm with, uh, with no palm trees. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I, I guess I didn't see the difference. Obviously the weather was a huge difference. And, but the people, I guess East Coast people, it was a huge difference in West Coast. It's a very similar energy. Yes. You know, I mean, you're, you're right. It is a East Coast thing. Something about East Coast people are just more like gritty, honest, like yes. straightforward. Yes. I I've, I love that. I think that if you're from the West Coast yes, and that's new to you, I could see why that could be a little uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but you know, tell us what we need to know. Yeah. 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 I, I like Miami. I love Miami too. Yeah. So, so in Miami though, you, you know, you started getting into uh, modeling at an early age. Mm -hmm. um, how was that presented to you or how did you seek that out? Uh, I just want to, I grew up with a twin brother. So I was tired of being like the tomboy. Yeah. And my mom had shared that she had done modeling like at theaters with like, you know, Christy Brinkley and just like famous models at that time. And I remember just wanting, looking at magazines and wanting to be looked like look at like look like that you know because yeah. i just was was a tomboy i was climbing trees and putting lizards on my ears <laughs> <laughs> well if you know your brother uh, if you didn't choose to be a tomboy your your, your brother would have forced you to do yeah that totally rough you totally know, yeah for sure um i grew up thinking that i was just like one of the boys and then um my mom shared some stories shared some modeling pictures and i was like i want to do that and then at 13 years old, there was like Macy's was having like a modeling show, back to school modeling show in the mall. Yeah. And I went to it and um, they ended up picking me, but um, I did not end up doing the show because I got scouted by the modeling agency at the mall. And I ended up just signing. Like going with, right into like professional. Yeah, I ended up just doing a test shoot with the modeling agency who scouted me trying out for that Macy's fashion show. And did a test shoot, and then I got signed with an, an agency in Florida. And from there, I just started getting booking jobs with like European companies, um, and that was like a huge shift for me. That was, I feel like that was like my first shift of feeling like whenever you want to put your mind to something, it can happen. 
And at that time, I kind of just channeled my inner model. Yeah. And I I didn't think I looked or I didn't think I was the normal pretty. And I, I don't think I am now. I think that what stands out and what got me the jobs was because I was so different looking and because my parents look mixed that that was the thing that they were looking for and that's why I was always booking jobs with like European agencies but I think yeah like in high fashion which a lot of stuff you were doing at yeah. the time a lot of those models are not conventional quote-unquote no. yeah pretty and right. I hate even categorizing beauty because there's so many forms of it mm -hmm. and um but I I have seen those photos of you when you're younger and you you are like a very it was a very exotic mm -hmm. beauty you know it was mm. very different you still and you still are thank you beautiful. i had really crazy curly hair yeah um well, i still, still do i do i just know how to hair. style it now <laughs> <laughs> um and i had like my freckles stood out i was tan so people didn't know what nationality i was and um usually when they do a lot of the bookings they need like the blonde hair the beautiful black girl then they need like someone in between you know and I was always the in-between girl um so I was booking a lot of jobs at the time no one knew I was doing modeling until I got into high school and I was um featured in a magazine where I was one of the seven Mammy models on the rise which was in fashion spectrum which is a huge magazine in Mammy Beach and it got brought to school by a teacher and he showed everyone in class that's kind of weird is that, is that, it was, was that cool yeah. or weird? It was cool because I was featured. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and he was like showing off for me. But then it was weird because everyone was responding in a negative way. Like they were just like, some people were like, whoa, you're a model? I guess yeah. I didn't look like <laughs> school. <laughs> and then they would just be thinking like I was conceited or something. And it kind of like brought negative attention to me where I was kind of embarrassed because you don't want to show off. You kind of want to blend in in high school. Yeah, I mean, that, that's before because because you're limited on social knowledge at that time. Yes. Until you realize that as we get older, standing out or just being unique and happy yeah. with yourself is really all that matters rather than yeah. whether you blend in or not. Yeah. So at what point did modeling start feeling like work? Because it was obviously a passion. It, it sounds glamorous. Mm -hmm. But then there's these moments where it did it feel like work? Yeah. It started at 13. Yeah. Yeah. When I was booking those magazines, I had to show up. They would do my hair and makeup so crazy, which is not conventional. Yeah. And I was not feeling comfortable in the pictures. I didn't like them. Sometimes the outfits were a little bit more revealing than I would wear. Um, didn't match again that's just editorial stuff and I knew that it was a job and I was getting paid for it and I knew that like early on that you just got to show up if this is the job you, this is what you want you have to do all type of modeling yeah. it's not just one particular glamorous you know teen vogue or anything like that so you are a WBFF mm -hmm. champion on multiple levels and I'll, I'll share some of the titles uh first place overall arnold bikini tall yes. i saw the, I first, the, the, the first the first the first ever huge uh what are some other titles that you hold and, and the reason why i wanted you to share these because this was not a, a there was a point where like this was not a natural path no think, but what are some of the titles that you earned at this elite level of bodybuilding I was the 2010 um, 
bikini tall and overall champion. And from there, I got my pro card to be an IVB pro bikini uh, competitor. From there, I ended up resigning my title there and I switched over to WBFF where they honored my pro card. And WBFF is? The World's Bodybuilding Fitness Federation. Yeah, okay. Yes. Paul Dillette and his wife, Allison, um, gave me a call and they, at the time, were like, we would love for you to switch over to our federation and honor your pro card and compete as a pro. Were you like, yes, I was like, this I'm is, ready. I was like, yes, but it was a negative, it brought a lot of negative attention to me because I was already an NPC IVB champion that they, it was kind of like East Coast, West Coast. Like oh, you cannot yeah. go switch over. If, and yeah. they were like, if you switch over, you're never welcome back. Yeah. And at the time I was like, okay. And they were like, we won't let you model ever again. They just, they kind of, they kind of threatened me yeah, for sure. No, they did. Well, I mean, their first champion leaving their cha their federation to go to another one as a competitor. Yeah. Um, I just, at the time was like, I don't really care. I just want to like compete. And I wasn't doing it for like attention or social media stuff. At that time, social media, Instagram was brand new. That's where my social media following came from. Yeah. Switched over and um, I ended up winning my world's title with the WBFF. And then I competed again, won a second world's title. Um, competed for the third time, decided to go the fitness route, which was not the best route because I don't have a fitness physique. I don't carry enough muscle and I'm too tall, I feel like. I um, I, I think your titles say different, yeah. but okay. I ended up placing fifth for WBFF Fitness, which I feel like was a gift, but um, placed fifth and then I stopped, I stopped competing. Yeah. I just like was like I was going through so much life and personal stuff yeah. that mentally I was just not I could not just go through those grueling workouts. And so we skipped over a huge part of, <laughs> of this whole like the titles. Amazing. Mm -hmm. The your the, the the work that it takes to build a physique like that and the discipline. Yeah. Amazing. Inspiring. But what led you to that? Mm -hmm. There was a huge transformation. And some people that follow you mm -hmm. kind of know the story. But what inspired your journey to get into professional bodybuilding? What what was happening before that? You can kind of, you don't have to go too personal, but yeah. you had a major transformation. I did. I used to weigh over 206 pounds. That's wild. And then <laughs> I was still I'm cute. Sure you, I was still cute. <laughs> I know. I see those pictures. And I'm like, what's up? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, um, yeah, I was, I had just had my daughter and um, I gained a lot of weight. I, I had I had gained weight previously in college, lost it, um, got married, uh, got pregnant at a high risk pregnancy, and I gained over 80 pounds. And you have this baby, you hear these stories like, oh, you're going to be skinny again. I was not skinny again. <laughs> I was like, my foot couldn't even go into the shoe. I had like, I had to put my foot into flip flops on the way home from the hospital because they were so swollen. It was like filling up a plastic glove. And just that's how my foot and my hands look. I'm like, you're describing my every morning <laughs> me putting on shoes. No. <laughs> I still carry my baby weight. <laughs> no, not at all. You look great, babe. Thank you, babe. But enough <laughs> about me. Uh, so <clears throat> so you, you you were in this time where you were probably, you know, feeling, I don't know, down or were you feeling uninspired? What, yeah. what clicks to make you go from, like, what is a day one? Yeah. Looking at that time of, this is my life. Mm -hmm. 
it is what it is. It's, you know, busy is difficult. I feel like I'm overweight or I feel like I want to make a change. Yeah. And then what is, what clicks to create day one? You have to have like a why and you have to like, sometimes people have to go hit rock bottom. And I was one of those people who had to hit rock bottom. I mean, I was in a marriage. It definitely was something that unfolded to lead me into a divorce. But at the time when I had my aha moment to lose the weight, it was definitely I looking at myself in the mirror, not being attracted to myself and feeling insecure and just thinking like, I don't want my daughter to be embarrassed when I take her to school or I can't even fit into my clothes or I can't go into the gym and even like wear my clothes where I want to like hit a day one. Um, I was just embarrassed the way I looked because I never had like felt I never went through a really overweight. I did. I gained weight in college drinking, but not like that. But I think that that's more that moment is probably more relatable to so many people because yeah. there are people who are just genetically blessed. Yeah, they're maybe brought up. They were always an athlete. So they're used to that feeling of putting their body through stress. Mm -hmm. But for people like myself who were who are not, you know, super athletic throughout their whole life, we have to find a moment to make us think I need to make change. I got to make something happen today. Yeah. Things I can't keep doing things the same. Mm -hmm. And you started that. And so I guess now you have this day one, you go, you show up. When do you decide I'm going to do this professionally at an elite level? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, here, to be really honest, it was also like I was, when you're having a child, it changes everything for you. Like you just, you know, look at life so much different. And I said previously, like it had to do with my daughter, just the way she looked at me. But also too, I was in a marriage and I just didn't, my husband at the time was not like physical with me at all, like throughout the whole pregnancy after like, and that kind of fucked me up mentally. Um, and then also too, um, just stretch marks like it was just like a it was like a mind f like i remember looking at myself like you can cuss it's okay yeah. <laughs> you can say it you, it's I, it just like it it did fuck me up yeah and um i felt like you know i'm on a new schedule with like i was barely sleeping um my health was kind of off at that time you know they told me my thyroid was messed up i had was diagnosed with lupus i had like it was just a, a compile of just shit yeah. that I was just like okay and I think the gym was like the only thing well working out was the only thing I was in control of and I talk about that a lot because we don't have any control of any life stuff that's going to happen to us we're basically in a car and we're just driving so we have no idea if there's tornadoes coming <laughs> a cat's going to drive across like it's just that's what it's, your life is like yeah. and at that time I guess I had so many storms happening that I just knew that I just had to stay focused and continue to drive forward and um, put diesel in my car. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the gym. That was like, that was the one thing that made me feel strong, that made me feel capable, that made me feel sexy, that made me feel like I was getting um, words of affirmation every single time. Every day would be, wow, you're losing weight. Wow. Like, oh my gosh. Or, and it was, um, it was all of that. It was just like, okay, I, I can't control anything else, but I can control my health and not take medications for all these health issues. Um, I can control the way I look. And then maybe the way I look 
can control my marriage. Yeah. So the paint method mm -hmm. is about this creative journey. Mm -hmm. And you are at the part that you're talking about right now is the part it's like after passion, you've experienced things that you're into and, and you start getting to this passion for bodybuilding or just fitness in general. Yeah. But part of action is also educating yourself. Yeah. There is one thing to do to take action, but also you had to start teaching yourself about nutrition, mm -hmm. about, about different ways to build your physique. Did that come natural or was the, the education part sort of just like, look, this is just what comes with the territory. At the time when I had first started my fitness journey, I was not educating myself. The only thing I was educating myself was the bodybuilding competitions. And it wasn't, I left the, the nutrition for the cookie cutter diets that I was giving. I was just like, I'm just gonna do this. Maybe I'll modify it so I'm not dying, right? I totally cheated on all the diets. I can't I imagine can. you seeing you eat then, cause like you, you throw it down now. Yeah, like you can, I mean, even yeah, last I think, night I was, eating chips before we went to bed <laughs> well, well we ordered food last night and you had you added steak and salmon not to put you on blast we yeah. were steak and salmon together and on top of the salad and she's like looking through she's like where's the salmon like i ordered salmon and there's a huge salad sitting there she's like i'm still hungry and i'm like I, yeah. there's a there's a salad he's like i don't I want that yeah i'm like i can't imagine i looked at my daughter's fries i'm like you gonna eat that <laughs> she was walking away you're like come back come back i'll take those yeah yeah i mean i learned nutrition after my competition days isn't that crazy and that's so many that's why i don't compete anymore because competing is just not the healthiest way it's not it's it's not something you can keep up as a lifestyle and not affect your like vital organs and just your mindset um it's again there's very point zero zero one people that can do it and not be effed up but I feel like it, there, it's like it's like acting kind of like these yeah. methods that you have to use into getting to doing certain roles. Um, training for a competition is literally channeling a certain mindset. And um, I did it for five years, like nonstop. Uh, me, I just like tried to absorb the champions at the time that were competing. And bikini was really brand new. So I was really lucky to do as well as I did. Um, but I just was basically watching the girls who would win. And um, mind you, I lost a lot of shows. He's talking about all the t shows that I won. <laughs> I lost so many shows. And I remember how, how many how many shows like just generally did, did, I you, mean, could, I did you enter and like and not win them? Yeah, I mean, I, I probably did like probably four to five before. And I say a lot, but you guys know who but competes. A lot, but how long does it take to get ready for exactly. one? Exactly. Yeah. So it takes about like six to eight months That's to prep for a time. show. So yeah, it takes, you know, at the time I was doing shows back to back, but I was, I mean, there's shows that I competed. I didn't even spray tan. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, I'm Puerto Rican. I'm tan already. <laughs> and um, not learning how to pose. All that stuff is so, so important. But I really dove into it after um, I think I placed second in Contra Costa, which was a Bay Area show. And that was like all it took for me to like. That was a little taste. That was of, like, of yes, winning. that was like the sprinkles that I was like, OK, I really like this. I'm on stage and I can and I, I started just kind of watching the girls who would win and what they were doing. And I was like, OK, this is like a pageant, but you just have to learn how to walk on stage it's not just working out and looking the part because yeah. i was looking the part but i didn't know how to walk i didn't know how to do the other stuff and so that's when my modeling background kind of came in and i feel like that's what made me do so well because 
it's I feel like it's so it's so competitive but also too it's very like you know it's who they decide to win that night and I feel like whenever you place it's basically winning um being a pro is basically you, you already won it's just you never know who they're going to pick and nowadays it's very political and so on so um yeah I feel like it was my night that night the, all those nights that I did win yeah so what's a mindset that people can take when they're pursuing something over a long period of time, mm -hmm. like uh, whether it's fitness or whether they're pursuing a creative career or, you know, or if they join your Monate team, whatever it is, you right. know that there's, there's, there's months mm -hmm. before you really see the, the end result. Yeah. What's a mindset that people need to carry as they're on this journey? Yeah. Uh, knowing that every day matters, every decision matters, but ultimately it's, it's what's going to happen months or even years from now what is that mindset um you know my building blocks mindset it's because it's like building a house it's you're not going to see it overnight it's not going to be one block it's not going to be two blocks it takes time to like build that and um it starts off as an apartment to a house to a mansion to a village and you just can't stop you can't and you get what you put into it and for me, like you kind of have to be obsessive about certain things. If you want something, you have to be all in. You can't just think like, oh, I'm going to try to do a show and then kind of kind of sort of eat a diet. You kind of sort of get results. Yeah. And I got a kind of sort of fitness body. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i need water no, I, I can relate <laughs> but i i apply that mindset in other areas of my life but uh he you know because david everybody thinks you just throw paint on a canvas yeah, and that's it and you tell him that's all i, I do, know guys. no he that's doesn't I do. he, he does everything from doing everything in his studio to learning how to use the cameras to just this podcast like you if you want to accomplish something you have to learn on you have to do it yourself you cannot like have you can find resources you can find people to help you but you can't point the finger at other people for you not learning and we all have different ways we learn things you have to find your strengths and you have to find what your weaknesses and when your weaknesses come in whether if it's being accountable have someone to like you know signing up for a gym with a friend or a class or do a project with someone together where you know you are going to be held accountable yeah. like you know and it's it's just you have to like turn that switch on or off there's no in between there's no like steps it's either you're in or you're not tell them that's right you tell them that's <laughs> it's so true here's the thing i i didn't realize how obsessed i am with yeah. learning every so, night every night guys in, yeah she knows <laughs> Backtrack, when I look back to high school, which yeah. I didn't graduate, if they gave me my classes in the form of YouTube videos, yeah. I swear I would have had straight A's. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but the way that that you can seek out how you want to learn now mm -hmm. is so much more uh, accessible and attainable to do anything. Yeah. And so, you know, you have to really become obsessed with wanting to gain knowledge in anything, whatever yeah. it is, whatever's gonna help you. And even if you, you try to do it by yourself up to a certain point, yeah. 
he, at some point you'll learn too, I need to delegate this part because I, I understand what needs to get done, but I know someone who's an expert in that mm -hmm. and they're going to do a much better job of us mm -hmm. meeting this goal together. I always feel like when people put too much on their plate, they're not going to succeed in that particular thing they want to do. Right. And so think about me, like I have my hands in so many different pots, but it's obviously because I'm a mom. I'm also like trying to shift different positions and make things more of a priority than others. And I know that if I take on more doing something I don't want to do, that thing I want to do will never happen. And I think that's something that people need to hear is that make your list of what you really, really want to do. It's one, two, three. That's it, right? And then that number one thing should always be number one. Even if number three pays more, even if number three could give you, you know, I don't know. It just that number one thing will eventually start shifting and then you start over again and you're literally re realizing like, oh, I don't know why I'm starting over again or that dream. Maybe it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen because you never made it a priority. And when we make things a priority, like our children, right, that's how we do it. So when people say, how do you guys do it as parents? And we're like, we don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, I, ho I hope you guys are writing this down. This is like a, like a mindset masterclass. And I, I think that you really have this awareness mm -hmm. how powerful mindset is in achieving not only big goals like in the fitness world, what you're doing now, your mindset as a mother, mm -hmm. but also your your day-to-day -day yeah. activities. I see how active you are talking to your team and the people that you manage. And, and I, I still think like, she still makes me feel like I'm the only person in the room mm -hmm. at the time. You have, you're, you're truly applying uh, this abundance mindset and this focus mindset daily. And it's, it's really, really inspiring. It's really hard to do. Thank you. <laughs> it's yeah. so, so hard to do. It's, it's literally looking back at my paper. Imagine being in a car, you guys, and looking at your map every single time that you have, and you have a destination to go to, but you have all these distractions that you keep driving by. And then Disneyland could be like, you know, your friends going out to drink and inviting you to parties, right? Um, then it's like the second stop where it's like, you know, a new person, a new love life in your life that you're just like, oh, well, they don't want me to focus on this business because it takes away time from them or it's family at another one on a different on the left you know it's there's constant it's constant distractions on this on this journey to get to that number one thing that you have on your list and if you don't keep the number one thing the number one thing it won't be the number one thing it just it's so it's so simple it's literally you know you kind of have to make it a priority it yeah. just and you can't that's why i always tell people if you don't write it down and put it next to your pay, to your toothbrush every day because you have to look at it every day can't be on your phone because we just i put notes on my phone all the time it just i forget stuff <laughs> no i need to tap back into that because uh one thing that i did early on uh when i first started painting i mean i was in this little one vision bedroom apartment what's that vision boards or letters uh, just a letter yeah. to myself yeah and i wrote this letter to myself and i still have it here in the studio and I put it next to my door mm -hmm. and I would read it every single time I left. Yeah. So imagine this, I was dead broke, no momentum. Mm -hmm. My name was just David Garibaldi, it didn't mean anything to anyone. But I read that 
And I walked out that door and I thought about that all day long. I thought about it. I would go to my car imagining walking into a different car. I would go to my bank account imagining a different <laughs> amount in there. I would go to, you know, paint live at a little jazz bar and I would imagine mm -hmm. being in a different place because I had that constant reminder every day, mm -hmm. that letter I wrote myself. And I, I need to tap back into that even now. Yeah, we should do that tonight, you okay. and I. Yeah. But you said imagining. I want people to stop doing that because you were imagining and you were manifesting. Yeah. But there has to be grind behind that yeah. manifestation. And that's what people are sitting back. And like I have so many people that ask me to mentor them and they have this, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. But I well, say I nothing, was, nothing changes if nothing changes. Yes, right? I, I would say I started with imagining, but yeah. I was converting that yeah. into action. Of course. So that's the pain method is you start with this passion. You mm -hmm. can imagine you you start. It feels good. Yeah. And then it doesn't feel good to actually put action. But when you start converting that action, you start bringing it to life and the mm -hmm. discipline, the education, whatever it is that you need, that's you, it, it starts to become real with that action tell so, me for the fitness listeners yes tell me what the paint method is yeah so the paint method is uh sort of how i looked back on my life retrospectively mm -hmm. it stands for passion action intent new and teach and in that particular order is when looking back on my life how i ended up here but also there's times where we need to go back to the beginning as well, mm -hmm. which I've experienced many times over transforming, having to start over and any goal that you have, it starts off with this passion. And, yeah. and as we go, you know, in line with the letters, you know, the action is what brings it to life. It's the work that you do. It's the education. Another important part is even when you have success, you've put in the action, you're like, look at my life. It's amazing. Even then the intent that you apply to it, the purpose is what helps you get through those things that have nothing to do with that passion. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, dealing with outside noise, doubters, or, or or people that are just coming after you, whatever that is. A higher purpose, that intent, is is a filter for you to, you know, decide where I want to spend my time and my resources. Like, look, it helps you refocus. And then there's new situations that help you grow. There's sort of, it can be self-inflicted, you you know, by say, putting yourself on your own fitness journey mm -hmm. or putting yourself through, uh, you know, an, an education program that you just, you're in a successful point or you have momentum, but you still need to grow throughout this. And the last part is really to teach and to lead, to impart the knowledge from your journey and, and teach that somehow to others. And the beauty is I experienced this in 2020. I had to go back to P. Mm -hmm. I had to start all over again. I went from 100 shows a year to zero. Yeah. And I had to transform. Which leads me to my next question for you. You, you are a transformer. I'm pushing peas all day. <laughs> all I hear is that pushing peas song. <laughs> pushing peas. Because <laughs> I've restarted yes. so many different times. Yeah. And I just, I, maybe that's what my strength is, is just, you know, rebuilding. And I, that's what's made me where I'm at now. I feel like don't be embarrassed by restarting over and over and over. And, and what would you tell people where they're they're in, they sort of, maybe they feel in a cycle in their life yeah, and they need to break away. What is that thing that you would tell that person? And even this, even the person who is driving right now, they think they feel like they're on the grind. They're mm -hmm. like, I just, I have to do this every single day over and over again. And they're, by the way, today's Groundhog Day. 
It is Groundhog's Day. Yeah. I heard it's going to be more winter. Oh, gosh. I know. Get are you, that coat are you ready. fighting with me? <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I'm serious. I saw it on Twitter. I don't know how, oh, okay. how accurate it is, but. But Groundhog Day, you said sometimes people have to do things over and over. Oh, I see what you did there. You see what I did there. I was Come like, what now. is this random fact that she's throwing at me? But this is what she does. I am kind of random, but. We, we, we bring it all, all the way back. <laughs> We're going to find out right now if it's uh, more days of winter, but it's Groundhog Day. You're going over and over again. Mm-hmm. This person's driving. What would you tell a person what, what they can do with their mindset to break free of that repeated cycle that they're just not happy in? It goes back to that driving in the car. You kind of have to like stop looking to the sides. You you have to be all in or that's it. You just, if you're not committed, it's you're, you're going to get not committed results. Yeah. And um, that's the mindset that I've always had. And I feel like the only way I can succeed is that with that mindset. And so when I did the bodybuilding, um, you know, if everyone thought it was crazy that I was doing it at the time, again, it was new. So I can understand why people thought it was crazy, but it only took me to win that people were like super supportive. And so if you stay looking forward and you don't get distracted by the outside noise, the people who love you will eventually understand you just have to be fully committed. There, There's no like, you know, I can't, you know, I hate to say this, but you can't baby step everything. You can't. Yeah. You have to just be all in. Hope y'all heard that. It's all in. You know, yeah. it's you literally have, you have to go all in and you you are all in as a parent, too. Yes. I, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are trying to pursue a dream, start over, transform and their parents, there's responsibilities. You know, you and I. We're, we're doing it on our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, you more so, you know, you're doing everything on your own. Mm-hmm. And um, wh- what is that like trying to balance these really big dreams that you have, mm-hmm. but this love and responsibility for this, this beautiful human that you're raising? Yeah. I have my moments where I want to scream into a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like it's, it's hard to explain. That's it. We're going to stop the podcast right there. <laughs> Just that's it. Have a have a great day, folks. <laughs> Honestly, I know a lot of single parents can understand this or just any parent. Uh, it's hard to raise a child by yourself yet alone with a partner too. It's never easy. Um, but when you are doing everything from, you know, you don't have the help. Um, it's just it's a mindset again. I have to stay focused as far as like daughter's number one priority right keeping her alive and fed (laughs) basics (laughs) basic stuff and um the second thing is providing right and so i i created a created jobs around her and so i don't think like i have to do the and again maybe it's because of the way i grew up my family is like you could do anything right (laughs) you're puerto rican (laughs) right (laughs) Is that what they say? Yeah, you Puerto Rican. Right. You Puerto Rican. Like Puerto Ricans. To, well, it can be any Latin thing. You Mexican. Okay. Yeah, Dominican. All right, I'm half. You got that. Mexican. <laughs> yeah, you can't do anything. Yeah. Um, I went into the mindset thinking I'm. I don't have to do a corporate job, so I created jobs. No joke around my daughter's schedule, and I have more than one job, and it's something that sucks sometimes, but sometimes it's a benefit because I could be working on my phone literally in the car while I wait and pick her up from school at practice. And that's the life that I chose, right? Is it easy? Hell no. (laughs) It's not easy at all. 
but I am in control of that. And I teach my daughter that we, we are teaching our kids by our actions, not by what we say. And I, that's something I had to learn through watching my parents raise me and my siblings and realizing the life that I wanted and I wanted to either emulate or create. And I was like, okay, this I don't want to do <laughs> that they did. This I do want to do. Can I do that? People are going to think I'm crazy. Am I going to get supported? And it was always no, right? But I just felt convicted and I knew that if I believed in me, that I that was all I needed. And yeah, you know, to to create means to cause something into being. Yes, it's it's not just thinking of it. It's not just imagining. Yes, actually taking action and causing it. And you've created a life that yes is challenging, but the number one goal was to be there for your daughter. Yes, you are, and everything, you know, revolves around that. And that's, it's almost like your biggest purpose and intent, mm -hmm. which is it's a filter for where do I work? Where do I spend my time? How do I move around? And so on, because that's the number one goal. Yeah. And, and how, would I, how do I want her to see me? Yeah. It's like, you know how there's the saying that says, be the person your dog thinks you are. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is a saying? Yes, it is. Is this like a Maybe it's because you saw on Instagram? Probably, probably. I mean, I do follow a lot of dog accounts. Yeah. But um, it's so important because people are always following the norm. Wait, <laughs> he's I so, can't keep he's... a straight face. <laughs> say, say that quote again. Be the person that your dog thinks you are. I just so, want you to know get how, that sound you know bite why? right there. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> be the person your dog, your dog thinks That's you gonna are. That's going to be the title to the podcast. Because it's so true. Your dog, you go home and your dog thinks you're a superhero. Yeah. They're so happy to see you. And dogs are happy to sometimes people, people who are assholes and they don't deserve dogs. So for me, <laughs> I try to be that person and then some. Aww. Yeah. Man, we got some lucky dogs, by the way. We do have some. You, you, uh, yeah, uh, what I meant to say was, yes, you're a parent to your daughter, <laughs> but you're a parent to these three lucky fur animals. Yes. I mean, are, are, are we just, are, are you just kind of like dealing with life so that you can just get back to them? Are we just like a part of I mean, the I distractions have, to I get have, back to the dogs? I have really big goals to do with animals after my daughter goes to college and does, or whatever she decides to do, I support. But I, um, I love animals and to have a dog farm would be amazing. So I'll share a, a, a moment. This is a intimate moment uh, with us, but we're just laying in bed before you know before we go to bed we're just talking about you know, the day the next day i just glance over she's on her phone and her instagram algorithm <laughs> is animals and she's just sitting there giggling and you're just like scrolling through you know, that your your algorithm yeah. online and in life is all about animals i mean yeah adorable it's, it's everything in life yeah dog so, spelled backwards is god so true. they're the closest thing to angels. This is true. <laughs> We're already convinced. We know you love dogs. Yes, I love dogs. So, Back to my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, Mom, I can't believe you replaced <laughs> me with dogs. No, honestly, my daughter is the reason why I make des decisions in life. It's the it's my reason. She's my why. Um, and I do want to show her how powerful she can be and how much in control she can be. If she does like, you know, take the wheel and not just get distracted 
from everything from classes to her friend choices to, you know, the sports that she plays in um, with school. It's hard raising a child, a little person who just kind of, you know, She's in it. You're in it right now. Yeah, I am in the, I'm in war zone right now. I I say a prayer for you every day. I'm like, God, protect her and her daughter. (laughs) She's a good girl. She just definitely is. is, She's beautiful and she's very smart. Yes. And I know that. she's funny. She's so funny. She's hilarious. Yeah, we won't tell her that though. Nah. She won't hear this podcast. We're going to cut that out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's funny. And I just, I know that. I saw my mom and I kind of idolized my parents. And as I got older, not that I don't idolize them anymore. I just knew that they, they used and they, they did things with the tools that they had and what they could have done. They did the best they could have. And there's things that I know now, especially with growing up with amazing siblings who try to teach me through their mistakes and just me going through my own mistakes, like several times. I had to make changes. And if I continue to go through that pattern or I stay in situations, it's my fault. No one else's. What's one of the biggest things that you've learned from your mom that you apply to life now? I hate to say this, but never rely on a man. Mm, Okay. Yeah. I I, I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. To just always have your own and... You know, my mom, she's such a caregiver. You know, she took care of all of us. Uh, gosh, I had the best pleats for my cheer cheer uniform. People thought I took it to dry cleaners. My mom, like, did everything from cleaning to... But she was in a lot of controlling situations where she was really adamant raising her daughters to always have your own money. Just have your own thing. Not revolve your life around a man. And um, it's crazy the things that she would say. She she would say, men, they treat women like <laughs> like cars. They kind of always want to upgrade every 10 years or every seven years. And she's just like, no offense, they will always love you because you're that one car that they like. But, you know, they always want to, you know. And I grew up kind of fucked up thinking that. Yeah. And it's sad that you kind of grew up with a mom who's always, you know, she had a lot of heartbreak in her life and. Um, But she also wanted us to have thicker skin and um, she knew she was raising strong women who, you know, wasn't going to sit around and just be a wife. And that was something that I am grateful for. Um, And she taught me to be a great mom, too, as well. Yeah, And Um, you I mean, you definitely apply that lesson from your mom And, and more so like you work so hard. Thank you. To provide for yourself and your daughter and for us and our family. And, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't think people really understand that, how much you really applied that to your life. I, you know what? I have this thought, like sometimes people think I have it easy because they see me in a relationship with you or in the past relationships. And I would say this is the first relationship that I've actually taken more financial, you know, your dependence. Own, yeah. Yeah. Where I... um don't rely on you you help me obviously you buy his dinner and stuff but like i (laughs) buy i buy a lot of food yes he does but no he not that you wouldn't it's just i i'm really you know i want to provide for myself and i want to be able to show my daughter that i can hold a job and more than one job and still be a mom and that there's no holds barred like it's just i can do it all 
It's so, hard though. <laughs> yeah. So what's one of the biggest lessons you've learned from your dad? Hmm. Why would you do that? Because <laughs> then I want to get I don't want to get emotional. That's okay. We get emotional. <laughs> We're always emotional. Um, my dad. Um, my dad passed away, guys. So in case you're wondering. Um, I would say my dad would say money talks and bullshit walks. <laughs> I love this. Oh, I love man. It. And love what it. he means by that is that you're going to meet people in life that they chase money all the time. And they are never going to put character in front of that. They're going to put just money. And you have to be careful who you do business with. You have to be careful who your friends are. You have to be careful which is anything when it revolves around money and that's the world revolves around money. Right. And you, we are in positions in life where we're both regrowing our careers and um, we have platforms. And unfortunately, you know, we are in situations where I would say I'm very protective of the people who are around us. And I just always hear my dad saying that in my head, whenever I make decisions with people, you know, coming to, who we do dinner with and it's it almost like it feels like the more we are together i see i it reveals a lot of people in my life and people around us and um you know it's just i it's crazy because we are in a relationship and our relationship works so well because we do have different platforms that you know, at the time, I'm the best in the fitness industry at the time. I'm not the best in the fitness industry now. And I, I don't think I ever was. I just had great titles. Yes, you were. But thank you, babe. But you in the art world, right? And so we have these big platforms. And I feel like from us being divorced to us having kids and dealing with like past stuff or we can relate a lot right yeah. but it also comes with a lot when we're in a relationship together right because we hear outside noise from everything from the beginning of our relationship there's a lot of bullshit it's a lot of bullshit Let's just say it. yeah there's yeah. a lot of bullshit that that just comes from the outside and i'm sorry to, to cut you off like that but it's it's almost like through all that you, we still want to help people yeah like we still want to help people go from a to a to z and, and every letter in between yeah, I mean, we have a lot of talks where we're like trying to go back into situations where we're trying to think like, okay, obviously we want certain people in our lives or we want to like connect with certain people, but we are very protective because we have to realize like and think what are people's intentions, right? And that's like so hard for us because we both wear our heart on our sleeves yeah. and unfortunately my inner gangster has to come out <laughs> and outer gangster <laughs> it's always out it's always out <laughs> but i get very protective of our relationship because sometimes i see things a little bit more and so i always think of my dad whenever he says that because maybe it's because this is the first well last year was the first year that i was like i made a financial goal i never had a financial goal to like be a girl boss right and this is like my second year going into this where i'm building a business with money which is a hair skin and beauty hair skin and wellness line that i sell and represent and i have built a team around that and all i could think of was my dad just 
telling me just this is where you're really going to learn what you're capable of. It wasn't like bodybuilding. Bodybuilding was like just give, gave me the, the people to kind of the platform. Right. And I guess to see my capabilities. Yeah. To see, you know, to push yourself to physical, mental yeah. and spiritual limits. Yes. And I feel like my titles were because I was the prettiest. It was my titles of like, OK, here's your reward for getting through that first level of life here's your second through dealing because i hate wearing bikinis i hate like me too i like one pieces <laughs> me too but i feel like this is these these last two years have been revealing a lot where i get to see a lot of you know what i'm capable of and i was never given that chance because people always saw me as a fitness model right and they just never saw me as someone who can actually have my own business and not need a man in my life which i want you in my life not because i need you yes right? and i love that you know your parents combined instilled a very strong spirit of discernment mm -hmm. and it's on display every day and i think that your life is a result of listening to that gut feeling yeah you know you think about past experiences you apply it to the moment and then like no one else i've ever seen before you make a decision say i'm drawing the line yeah i'm creating a boundary mm -hmm. and i will not let that thing affect my life and i'm going to go this other way yeah i mean i definitely always go back to a drawing board and i'm like you see this right <laughs> you see the triangle or you see like because i I want to, you know, do things a certain way, but I also know to get in ahead of life, sometimes you have to let people go. You have to let jobs go. You have to let, you know, it's just, there's decisions you have to make in life when you go into this all in, all in mindset, right? That you either going to be better for your, be the best that you can be, right? By always getting out of your comfort zone every fucking day. It's never a day where you're just like, this is going to be fucking easy. Because every day, even now, like I have days where I'm like, it's leg day or it's another day at the office or it's another day being a mom to a teenager. I was nervous today to, to do a podcast with you. I'm like, <laughs> got the bulletproof vest on. All right. Take the knives away from Chadi. Ooh, okay. Yeah, oh, okay. I mean... I mean, you know, we're joking about this, yeah. but it's definitely like every are day. We? Are we? No I'm kidding. I'm like, he's joking. <laughs> um, I have, I have just, you kind of have to think in every day of your life, you don't have a choice with that number one goal that you have. You can't think like, oh, I just, it didn't work out. You know, there's certain things in life, obviously, that you can't do and you just will never be good at. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah, a basketball player, if you're like only five foot, you're never going to be. Even then, though, there's, you know, it's not it's less of a chance, but it's not. It's not still unlikely. requires a lot. Of more course, work. of course. But there's certain things that you can be at your full potential if you put your work into it. And I don't know. I'm very thankful for this, the life lessons that I've gone through. My parents, the people I continue to surround myself with, even the people that I don't surround myself that, that have taught me lessons that, oh, wow, I. I maybe need to realize like how I trust myself in certain situations because when I do get a good decision, mm -hmm. maybe I should follow that instead of just being like, oh, I didn't, I didn't see those fuchsia signs when they were like red, like yeah. full on red flags. Yeah. I could do this for hours. 
with you. <laughs> I mean, we literally, we do. We do I this know. all day long. But, um, you know, you're one of my first in, in-person guests on this new podcast project journey. And I wanted to sit down and talk to people who I feel and believe are, you know, very solid bricks to my foundation mm-hmm. of this really I feel like it's a new time in my life. And so, uh, <laughs> I'm emotional. Aww. <laughs> We're both crying. <laughs> crying. Oh my gosh. Um, That's so sweet. But I just, I just love and appreciate you. And just whether you know this or not, you inspire me every day by mm. watching you. So. <laughs> <laughs> now it. we're both crying. Ah. <laughs> um, uh. All right. So just to, to shake things up, to um, wrap it up, what are you looking forward to just with one of your many projects, but what's one main project you're looking forward to going into 2022? Well, it's definitely my money, growing my business with money and um, the women I work with um, only because because you guys know my fitness background. I love coaching women, but also too, there's only so much I can do with the time that I have, right? Because I'm a mom and I also am a girlfriend. I have so many other titles and I just love doing group workouts. But with that, money has given me a platform where it's not just selling beauty products. I can actually um, build a team with women where they can um, be mentored by me, but they can have an online business as a side hustle. And I get to kind of not only just mentor them to do a business, I get to mentor them with self-development. And that's something I take pride in because I went through so many life lessons with either being controlled financially in relationships to not feeling like confident that I can have my own business to, you know, and the startup is 200 bucks. It's like you get, you get a website, you take care of your hair and skin and your gut health and you can decide what you want to do with it. And so I created a, um, club i would per se our team my team name is called all in society very and, fitting very fitting and we basically just talk every week on zoom and have events and that's something i want to grow because i'm teaching women to not only be confident in their beauty but confident in their strength and building their own business and financial strength to have an extra source of income and i would love to just continue to do that where that can help me do free events, workout events all over the globe. Even and eventually here in the studio, even we've done here in some. the studio. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm doing this weekend, but eventually create a fitness app and just reach a bigger audience. Yeah. I, I still, I still feel like you're literally just in the beginning. Yeah. And yeah. now like really knowing you like, yes, I know your past, but right now there's so much more ahead. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Babe. But thank you so much for doing this, the paint method podcast you're one of my first guests thanks for inviting me i wouldn't who else would i want to (laughs) kick this off with i mean we laughed cried i know no one got hurt we're good cussed a little (laughs) yeah that's all right we you know here's the thing i I did the first episode i was like this is we're drawing the line yeah you're gonna get a an unfiltered more real version of me that i i really i don't think that i could share in a 15 second clip no one gets to see a lot of you too and that's something i should interview one day for your podcast we'll do a part two i'm, I'm down for that all right yeah. thank you thank you I love, love you, you.